When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Hopefully everybody is having a wonderful Saturday or Sunday, depending on when you're listening to this. Now, I do have to let you know, this is not a live episode. Um, so the countdown crew is still in effect. They still count for sure. So get your hashtag CCs in. But here's the deal. The wife wanted to go to an apple orchard today with the family. Uh, we're American. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So I woke up at 4.30 this morning to get this episode out. Um, so again, if any news has come out since you know Saturday morning, which I doubt, usually the NFL doesn't do that. The 49ers definitely don't do that. Um, that's going to be after this. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to do it a little bit different than we usually do for our scouting report episode. Um, we know the Rams. They know us. We know their coaching staff. We've coached with their coaching staff, which will, you know, I'll play a clip from Kyle Shanahan talking about his time with Sean McVay, the Rams head coach. We're going to go through injuries. We're going to go through kind of the strengths and weaknesses of the Rams this year because some of that has changed. They're improved across the board. But instead of going through scheme and tendencies and things like that, like we usually do, I want to play a game. <laughs> and here's the game. It's twofold because predictions with this 49ers team are almost absolutely absurd. So I'm going to play um, both angels on the shoulder or the angel and the devil. 
what has to happen for the 49ers to win? And what has to happen for if the 49ers are going to lose? And so we're going to look at it that way. Um, almost the both sides of the coin aspect. Because again, you could sit there and go through and try to predict things. But man, we don't even know what quarterback we're going to get, right? Jimmy Garoppolo looked amazing one half, then awful the next half. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's play calling, who knows? Injuries on the defense, all those things. There's just so many question marks here. So I, I, I want to step away from what we typically do and try our hardest to paint both paths. <laughs> Which way are you going to decide to go if you're the 49ers? And I think here's the deal. The 49ers are 2-3, and three, and we feel like it's doomsday. Uh, we, it wasn't too long ago we only had two wins in the season. But here's the deal. This, this game can be won. The 49ers, you know, they're underdogs by three and a half points. That's fine. Yeah, the Rams are four and one. I get that. Well, let's look at what the Rams have done. Let's step back and look at their schedule and what they've accomplished. They're four and one. That's great. They look amazing. And rightfully so, you have to give them respect. I mean, if four and one, I don't care who you're playing, it still counts. But all four wins... For the Los Angeles Rams are against the same division of football. What division of football is that? The NFC West. They've beat the entire <laughs> NFC West. Uh, you know, Cowboys, you've got the Eagles, you've got the Giants, and you've got Washington. Now, the 49ers lost to the Eagles, so I understand that argument. Well, the 49ers couldn't even beat the Eagles. You're right, they couldn't. Now, they should have. Coaching cost us that game. Um, but whatever, that's fine. Um, now let's, let's, so whenever you, you recognize that it's not like these guys are <laughs> world beaters or, you know, they've got these heavyweight knockouts against tough op opponents. They don't, they played one tough opponent, the bills, and they lost. Now they came back and almost won, but they played awful the first half. They almost got run out of the building and then they just started airing it out and it worked really well for them. So yeah. Is this a good team? The Rams? Yes. Should they be picked to win? Hell Yes. Uh, does that mean the 49ers can't win? Absolutely not. Now, their most recent game was against Washington, and they won that 30-10. to 10. Really wasn't a game at all. You know, Washington switches their quarterback. They've got a whole myriad of issues, and they were able to neutralize Washington's pass rush, which a lot of teams haven't been able to do. So I think they're coming off their most quality win so far this season. And again, that's over the Washington football team who doesn't even have a mascot. So <laughs> take that for what you want. Now let's talk injuries. And gosh, if there is a clear, clear representation of these two teams 2020 season, I don't know what that is besides injuries. And you never want to put blame or whatever on injuries, but it is a factor. If you just look at teams and how many players they have on IR currently, 49ers have 13 players on IR currently. How many do the Rams have? Three. That's 10 starters. There's a 10 starter difference just on the injury list. Um, yikes. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, but for this game, all right, here we go. Jimmy Garoppolo is a full go. You know, he, he was full go last week until he took that second sack, um, which we talked about earlier. Um, then he just couldn't transfer his weight. Well, he had three straight full practices, and he is going to be the starter again, and I'm glad for that. Um, if there's nothing else, if you're one of the people that's like, the sky is falling, 49ers are done, we're not going to the playoffs, whatever else, then guess what? You need Jimmy Garoppolo to start because you don't want to get out of this season not knowing 
if Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy moving forward, you got to start him. <laughs> you got to start him. You got to get him out there and you got to figure out is this our guy moving forward or not? Because the way the contract was drawn up, you can walk away next year for a $2 million hit and that's it. So you can get out of Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know CJ's not the answer. You know Nick Mullins isn't the answer. Jimmy might be the answer. Again, you look at his starts, you look at his efficiency over the scope of his time in the 49ers offense, it, he can be the guy, but he's got to prove it a little bit more than he has. So Jimmy will start this week, and whew, uh, we'll see what's going on there. Now, we do have two players that are out that are not on IR. Quan Alexander is out, and the head coach came out and said uh, they are not going to put him on IR for a high ankle sprain. It was a possibility. At first, they didn't think it was. Then they thought, yeah, we probably should put him on IR. Then they came back and said, no, I don't think so, which means they only think he's going to be out two weeks. Very similar timeline to um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, hopefully it has better results. You know, the 49ers, every team in the NFL wants to rush people back from injuries. That hasn't worked for the 49ers at all. Rushing people back from injuries does not work. It's not in the team's best interest. It's not in the player's best interest. Now, Quan Alexander is coming off his best performance as a 49er. Not this year, ever. <laughs> um, so he was trending in the right direction. We saw what happened when we rushed Quan Alexander back from an injury last year uh, on our playoff Super Bowl run. He was trash. Um, you know, all the mental capacity in the world that Quan has, which is a lot, wasn't enough to make up for his physical deficit. So do not repeat mistakes. I wish they would have put him on IR just so they couldn't have him back in three weeks and he comes back fully healthy, especially at the linebacker core, which is deep as anything. Um, we're not going to miss a beat with Dre Greenlaw at the wheel. In fact, I think we'll be improved. Aziz at the Sam, not an issue. Um, I think that he is a fully capable. I would prefer to have Quan at the Sam, but don't rush him back, Kyle Shanahan. Don't do it. Quan's going to tell you he can play. He's a freaking warrior. <laughs> That's who he is, legendary. The guy's going to think he can play. That's what the coaching staff does. You've got to step in whenever they won't let you and say, no, <laughs> no, Quan Alexander, you get healthy. Um, anyway, number 27 is out as well. Uh, I think he still has the groin injury. He's going to be out. Now, questionable, right off the bat, it looks scary because Emmanuel Mosley still has one step to go in the concussion protocol. However, he was a full participant in practice. He was limited on Wednesday and full practice the rest of the week. And here's the head coach himself, Kyle Shanahan, just on the protocol and what this means for Emmanuel Mosley going forward because this is as important as anything because if you don't have Emmanuel Mosley out there, now you're talking Akello starting, not great. And then after Akello, we all saw what is after that how the percussion pro protocol goes there's one more step i think that's got to be cleared and uh hopefully that'll be done by tomorrow and um, as long as it is he'll be starting out there on sunday yeah so our starting corners will be jason verrett and emmanuel mosley now jason verrett is going to be the field corner where he goes to the wide side of the field every single time and emmanuel mosley will be the boundary guy which again they were they started this week one with richard sherman right actually starting to transfer for one of the first times in his career. They continued that with Jason Verrett, and Verrett's been lights out. But we might get a sneak peek 
you know, I said this last episode of what the 2021 starting corners will look like, Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett. Um, so th- this might be a peek into Christmas future <laughs> for what the 49ers have on the outside. Um, now the inside corner, that's going to be a problem. Jamar Taylor. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Other entries for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson is questionable with a calf. Um, he didn't practice once this week. So I don't think he's going to go. You've already called up Jamichael Hasty. So I think your three running back rotation this week will be Raheem Mostert, who's going to get the bulk of the carries. Jarek McKinnon, who's going to be your kind of third down guy. And then Jamichael Hasty is going to be your emergency back, long drive, somebody gets injured, whatever else. So I think those are going to be the three running backs that are called up. Then obviously you've got Kyle Juszczyk um, and Debo and Brandon Ayuk, who have gotten snaps all the way back in training camp at the running back position. So that's not going to be a concern. Um, Marcel Harris is out with an ankle. He didn't practice at all this week either, which means you're only going to have three safeties. Tarvarius Moore will be the backup for both safety spots. That's relatively common. Um, It's going to affect special teams more than anything. Uh, Most teams do only have three safeties. Then you can move a corner back there or something like that on the active roster. So we'll see. I doubt they'll call up, um, you know, another whatever safety. They might call up DFF, um, Demetrius Flanagan Foles, just because um, he can play safety or linebacker. He was a safety in college. Now, long-term pup. Let's get to some bad news. This is probably the worst news of the day. Our pup and NFI guys, they're allowed to return after week six. Okay, that's this week. <laughs> so they could, they're could they eligible to start practicing next week. Ronald Blair, Julian Taylor, and Western Richburg all going to get quality snaps, if not starting snaps, if they are fully healthy. Well, unfortunately, uh, the question was asked, which guys do you think are going to be activated for practice window next week? And here was Kyle Shanahan's response. I don't believe that's next week. I think that's coming around. I'm don't. Well, you're obviously probably going to quote me on this, but I might go back on it. I think it's between like weeks ten and twelve. There's more when we're looking into that. That sucks. <laughs> we were hoping Ronald Blair was going to come back as a starter and compete with Kerry Hyder, opposite of Eric Armstead. We don't get that luxury now. He had a setback on his MCL. Um, that's going to add basically a month to his recovery, and that sucks. Uh, these guys could have come back. This is when they're eligible, and you know they cleared it up with Kyle Shanahan later on. I don't have the clip for you, but they basically asked this. Wait, I thought they could come back week six. Is it just a health issue? Yes, none of those guys are healthy enough to come back currently. So you're adding a month, and for some of them, it might even be longer. Um, this is bad news. This is really bad news. Um, and again, you know, I talked about players on IR. These players don't even count towards IR because they're not on it. So the 49ers currently have, you know, you want to add these three guys coming back. You're talking 16 players now, which was our Super Bowl number. And we had so many injuries last year. We went into the Super Bowl with 16 players on IR. We're already there at week six. Um, 2020 in a nutshell. It's what it is. You don't get sympathy points. You got to go out and play. Now, here's the issue. And again, let's go over the Rams scouting report or their injury report. Sorry. Out. Linebacker. Okoronku. That's it. Questionable. Micah Kaiser, linebacker. Guess what? Practiced all three days. They've got one guy out. They're full steam. They're not missing a starter on offense or defense. They are full steam ahead. 
we're down 16. They're down a backup linebacker. <laughs> like that's just the reality of the situation. But you get no sympathy points. You got to show up and play. And again, pride is huge here. Now let's talk about the 49ers and Rams history. It's storied. <laughs> These two teams hate each other. Um, they really, really do. I live in Los Angeles, um, Pasadena, but whatever. Uh, not that they have a fan base here. And if you've ever been to a Rams game in Los Angeles, you know there's no fans. Um, they're always outnumbered at every single game I've ever been to. 49ers are none. Um, the 49ers lead this series. 71 wins for the 49ers, 67 losses and three ties. The 49ers won three out of the five, five pass matchups and the last two. Now, once you get past that, obviously, divisional matchups, so they play each other twice a year. And the back-to-back -back Super Bowl NFC representative has been one of these two teams. So you had the Rams going two years ago, then they fell off. Then you had the 49ers go last year, then they fell off. What's going to happen here? And if you look at the ties between the coaching staff, guess what? Kyle Shanahan was one of the coaches that hired Sean McVay for his first positional job. Now, both Shanahan and McVay have so many ties through their family to the NFL world. Um, it's what it is. It's a boys club. You get your kids in. It's what it is. Um, it's not a true meritocracy at all, but that's okay. It, here is Kyle Shanahan talking about, um, you know, his time with McVay. Oop, I don't think I loaded the right clip, so I apologize about that. I'm going to have to figure that one out. Uh, sorry about that. But he goes on to basically say this. They coached together for a very, very long time. And whenever Sean McVay got called up, it goes all the way back to Tampa Bay and John Gruden. You look at this coaching tree, this coaching whatever, they are special guys. Their intellect, their offensive everything, their prowess, all those things are elite. They're great at what they do, and they're kind of the offensive minds of today. You could throw Andy Reid in there, but he's part of the older tree, right? He's been around for a long time. Uh, but this newer wave of coaches, you could throw Green Bay's head coach in there. This Kyle Shanahan scheme, I shouldn't call it Kyle Shanahan, should call it his father's, um, you know, whatever. But here's the issue. These two teams know how to stop each other. These two teams know how to exploit each other. It, it's, it's, it's almost like you're playing yourself in an artificial intelligence simulation. You know your weaknesses. You know their weaknesses. And you're able to exploit those. And every single time they play, it's usually pretty damn close. You know, you look at the two games last year. Well, the first was a blowout in Los Angeles. But the second one was the third and 16 game where we had to have two back-to-back -back third and 16s on the last drive to win the game. So it's going to be a close game. There's, there's no doubt about that. So let's talk about their defense, okay? Because their defense is interesting. And it starts up front with... Probably the best defensive player in the NFL, Aaron Donald, who's having his best season ever thus far through five weeks. I mean, he's been better than he's ever been before, which is crazy whenever you look at all of his accomplishments and being ranked the number one player by his peers, uh, defensive player of the year multiple times, sack leader. This is a guy that might break the all-time sack record from defensive tackle which is stupid whenever you look at the defensive ends that are out there. So here we go. Let's go through just some of the rankings of the Rams' defense, okay? Um, the fewest yards per pass attempt in the NFL, their best, 4.9 yards per pass attempt. 
That's stupid good. They've got great corner play, and they've got a great pass rush. Safeties aren't bad either. They're just young. Second fewest passing yards allowed in the NFL. Second fewest passing touchdowns. Only five. Third fewest points, 93. Third in third down percentage, only allowing 35% successful third downs. Fourth in yards, fewest yards allowed. Seventh and fewest first downs. They're really damn good. <laughs> now, how much of that is a product of what they're playing against? Again, they played against... Look what we did to the Giants, right? Uh, we lost to the Eagles because we kept turning the damn ball over because our backup quarterback just couldn't do it. How much of that is they haven't seen good offenses? When they played the Bills, they got torched, right? When they played three inept offenses, they dominated. Where are we in that? Where are the 49ers? Because I don't think we're either one of those two. I think we're much more middle ground. I think we're the second best team they've played. Obviously, their weaknesses... Here we go. Uh, it's, there's not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot. They're 23rd in the NFL at 32 teams in average yards per rush attempt, 4.7. Well, guess what? What do the 49ers want to do? We want to run the ball. We, run a, we want to run their ball. So our strength matches very well with their one weakness. They don't have another weakness. There's nothing else that is worse than 14th in the NFL. So they're in the top half of every statistical category except yards per rush attempt. And you can kind of already see where this is going to go. You, it, again, if the 49ers win this game, this is why. You got to run the ball, and you got to run the ball often. You got to run the ball early. You got to run the ball late. You got to run the ball on third down. You got to run the ball on fourth down. You got to run the ball. And so it doesn't matter if they stack the box like every damn team has at the 49ers of play. You got to run the ball. Kyle Shanahan has gotten so pass happy whenever his offense isn't working. And that's been well documented. And we've talked a lot about that. Can't get away from the run game. I don't care if you're down double digits. Run the damn ball. Not every play. But if you don't hit 30 plus rush attempts, you have no business winning this game. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, let's jump over now. To the offense, the Rams offense, and let's kind of see what's going on here. Here is Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, shouldn't be, um, of the 49ers. Here's what he has to say about the Rams offense. I could tell Sean, I mean, just from our first interview with them. I don't know what happened with my clips. They're messed up. Anyway, here, here is the clip of uh, Kyle Shanahan talking about Sean McVay. I apologize about that. Uh, don't know what happened here. This is what we got. I could tell Sean, I mean, just from our first interview with them. I mean, Sean and I had a lot in common in terms of you know, I started out my career as quality control with um, John Gruden. And then when I left to go to Houston, Sean was the guy who came in and replaced me. So um, I knew exactly how he came up in his two years there. It was the same way I did. Um, it was neat when I went to Washington to interview him. My dad and I were interviewing him and he came in and, you know, I knew exactly what he had been through those previous two years. Um, and to watch how honored he was and all the stuff that he had done and being with John and stuff, it was, it was great to get with him. And um, he ended up getting an opportunity to be a tight end coach, you know, about, I think it was like week 12 that year because um, our tight end coach, who's my tight end coach now, and John Embry ended up leaving to be the head coach at CU. And Sean had been done such a good job as a QC, and it happened late in the year. So we moved him in that role. And um, by the next year, he owned that role, and he got it for the whole year and did a great job for me the next three years. And, I mean, you could tell right away it was a matter of time before he'd be a coordinator and a matter of time before he'd be a head coach. So, um, I've always loved the relationship I have with Sean, the respect we have for each other. Um, it would be a lot more fun for us if we weren't in the same division because um, we love talking ball and we like hanging out, but um, that's a little more hampered when we're constantly competing against each other. 
So, and, I mean, it's a, it's a storied past. And, man, whenever you've coached with somebody and you get along and you kind of follow each other to different locations, that bond is for real. These guys are friends. Um, very similar personalities, uh, similar ages, all those different things. Like, these guys are friends, but now they got to coach against each other, and it's fun. Uh, I've coached against friends. It, it's a good time. It adds so much to it. You can act like it doesn't matter and, oh, it's just another game. It's not. You want to destroy a friend. It's just what it is, um, especially if you're a competitive person. Now, again, looking at the Rams' offense, over 400 yards of offense in four out of five games. They are electric, and they're very efficient. Jared Goff is playing lights out right now, which last year he was trash. Their offensive line has improved dramatically. They're first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. That's without Todd Gurley. That's the system. It doesn't matter who's back there. You know, they've got three different running backs that they use a lot, and they have success in the red zone because they will continue to run it over and over and over and over again. Um, now, here's what's funny. Their one weakness, they only have one, yards per rush attempt. Okay, 4.1 yards per rush attempt, which is 21st in the NFL. So it doesn't matter. Here's the difference. I wish we would learn this. They run the ball no matter what. They're fourth in the NFL in rush attempts, but 21st in yards per rush attempt. You can still run the ball even if it's not effective, and you can get all these touchdowns. I wish we would do that. I really do. My main critique of Kyle Shanahan is his abandon, abandoning the running game in close games. We've only been out of one game. You could talk about, you know, being down 14 points against the Eagles, but that didn't happen until there was five minutes left in the game after the pick six, right? Um, we didn't run the ball that game either. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Anyway, back to the Rams offense. Um, second in the NFL in yards per pass attempt, 8.3, very efficient. Um, fourth in total yards, over 2,000 total yards um, after, you know, their games. Again, they're averaging over 400 yards per game. Fifth in third down percentage, right at 50%. Sixth fewest interceptions. Seventh most rushing yards. Um, and again, there's not really a lot of weaknesses. Their offensive line last year was the reason why they weren't successful. But it does seem like another year, and things have improved dramatically for them. Their play action's working. They're getting Jared Goff out of the, the pocket. Uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are dominating. They're doing more two tight end sets. Um, you know, 12 personnel's worked very well for them with Gerald Everett um, and Tyler Higby. So they've got these two different tight ends that kind of play the exact same style of football that are better blockers than receiving tight ends, but they're efficient in the receiving game too. So our linebackers are going to be holding a lot. Now, the one thing, and again, their weakness matches up with our strength on offense. They don't run the ball efficiently. Well, guess what? The 49ers defense, one of the best at stopping the run, especially inside run. We're one of the best in the NFL. That was our problem last year. We corrected that. But now everything else has kind of fallen apart. Not getting pressures, uh, giving up too much space in the secondary, things like that. But we can stop the run. So you've got to force these guys to be pass happy. Don't let them run the ball very much. It, complimentary football you want to counteract what they're doing on offense and match that with your defense or offense opposite of that it's so simple whenever you step back and look at this game whoever runs the ball the most is going to win whoever gets the most rushing attempts is going to win i'm telling you it's very simple who runs the ball you're going to win 
don't have to run it efficiently. You just got to run it. <laughs> Take away negative plays. It's so simple. So here we go. Let's jump into this. How do the 49ers lose? Okay, and then we're going to look at how the 49ers win. But let's get this out of the way first. How do the 49ers lose? I already talked about them. Freaking Aaron Donald. Now, I've got a clip drawn up here. I hope it's the right clip. This is Kyle Shanahan on Aaron Donald, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, he's as tough as it gets to game plan for. I mean, he's as good in the pass game as there is. He's as good as in the run game as there is. You don't know where he's going to be. He's all over. Um, and it's always harder to help on some inside guys compared to outside guys. So uh, he's extremely tough. He didn't really give up a lot there, but you kind of see his face. And it's just like, yeah, I mean. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Aaron Donald is so freaking good. And here's the problem. The 49ers' number one issue from 2019 to 2020, whether you're talking the 9-0 go to the Super Bowl team or you're talking the 2-3 injury-riddled team, it's the same number one issue. Interior pressure against our offensive line. We sucked at it last year. If you look at the games we lost, uh, you're talking Grady Jarrett. You're talking uh, Chris Jones. You know, you're, you're talking these interior guys that just wreaked havoc on our offense. Well, we're actually worse at it in 2020 than we were in 2019. What's going to happen? Can we, can Daniel Brunskill step up and do something about it? You hope so. You better combo block that guy every single freaking play and allow other people to be one-on-one. You got to double-team Aaron Donald, which is hard to do whenever they walk their backers or their safeties up because the number game down throws that off. 
I'm telling you right now, if Aaron Donald gets three plus sacks, this game's over. And it might be Daniel Brunskill's last start in the NFL. It might be over. Um, he might. This might be the last straw that breaks the Campbell's back and says, this guy can't play guard. Um, which means Colton McKivitz would get his first game time action. Well, he's got a couple games against Aaron Donald. You don't want to do that to a rookie. Uh, you can destroy a career doing that. But if Brunskill's not getting it done, you've waited five weeks, it might be McKivitz time. So watch that matchup. Everybody's going to be watching Aaron Donald and run the ball right at him. <laughs> run the ball at him. Double combo block Aaron Donald and attack him. Don't run away from him. Don't do that. He'll chase you down. He's as fast as your running, well, not our running backs, but a lot of running backs. Um, he's that athletic. Don't think that you're going to be able to beat him with a reach block. It's not going to happen. You need two guys on Aaron Donald at all times, period. Number two, how the 49ers lose. No deep pass attempts. You don't even have to complete them. Now, hopefully you do complete some, which here's what's crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo, through the course of this season, 0-4-6 on 20-plus yards in the air pass attempts. 0-4-6, he hasn't completed one. Last year, he led the NFL in completion percentage with 75, given he didn't attempt a lot. But you've got to throw the ball deep. You've got to. And here's here's the reason why. If they load the box and can shut down our running game, which nobody's done yet, you're not going to win this game. You've got to make them respect the deep ball. And so I'm telling you, the first drive, one of the first three plays of the game, preferably on third down, you got to air it out once. I don't care if it's not completed. Hopefully it is. You got to throw the damn ball. You got to throw the damn ball. You got to throw the. I don't care if it's first down, and this would go against one of my takes later on, but you got to throw the ball deep. You have to. Now, no interceptions, but you got to get them out of the box. And the third main reason why the 49ers, you know, if this happens, they'll lose the game, is if Cooper Cup goes ham from the slot. Jamar Taylor ain't it. We know that. He's a band aid, he's duct tape, but he's what we got. He's pretty good in the box, and he's pretty good against the run. Problem is, can't cover. Well, you're going up against one of the best slot receivers in the NFL in Cooper Cup, who is smart as hell and runs perfect routes. Uh, he's not a speed guy. He's not an athletic guy. He just is always where he should be. Timing routes is his specialty, and he catches it if it's anywhere close to him. So we got to limit Cooper Cup. Now, can Robert Sala keep a safety helping his interior guy? Eh. I don't put any stock whatsoever in the scheming of Robert Sala. It doesn't exist. Um, will Jimmy Ward finally show up and help out? Maybe you walk Ward down and help help out and do kind of a bracket coverage on the slot receiver. That would be really smart. Again, Robert Sala, zero confidence whatsoever in his scheming abilities or in-game adjustments. We'll find out the very first offensive snap because they're going to motion and they're going to put... Cooper Cup in the slot against Jamar Taylor in man coverage with no safety help. They're going to be able to scheme that up because, again, we don't make adjustments. We are the most vanilla team defense in the NFL, and it's not even close. Um, so that's the negatives. Now let's flip it. Let's talk the positives. All right, here we go. How do the 49ers win? It's no secret. It's not a secret. Run the football. Run the ball. <laughs> 30 plus rush attempts is so important. Um, I don't care if you're down 10 points. I don't care. You got to run the ball. You know, Kyle Shanahan threw the ball, I think, 24 straight times versus the Eagles. And again, you say, well, we were down something. I don't care. No. <laughs> no. 
run the freaking football. We almost average more yards per rush than we do per pass attempt. Run the ball. And run it whenever you're not supposed to run it. I don't care if it's a third and five, third and six. You can run the ball. Um, spice it up. I'm tired of this run on first, throw on second, throw on third. No, that doesn't work. And I even hope the wide receivers and tight ends, George Kittle, get involved in the run game. I want four-plus rush attempts from our wide receivers. I want two jet sweeps each to Debo and Ayuk, and I want one jet jumbo sweep to George Kittle. Run the freaking football with everybody. I want quarterback sneaks on third and, third and one. I want quarterback sneaks on fourth and one. Run the ball. Ah, all right. I feel better now. I got that out there. That's a little bit of a rant. I got a little, uh, got a little heated there. Sorry about that, guys. Um, three other ways the 49ers win this game. Number two, quick passing game. Be smart. Be smart. Stop the seven-step play-action drop-back BS that's not working with this offensive line. It hasn't worked for five straight games. And I understand in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, he wants to take that, you know, deep shot, whatever else, and set up the 90-yard play. I get it. Not working yet, and especially against this defensive line. Stop it. <laughs> Quick, deep passes are a thing in the NFL. Everybody else does them. The 49ers do not. Stop the seven-step dropbacks, okay? Um, you just got to stop doing it. Wide receiver screens. Slants, quick outs, those are all part of this offense. You can do those things. Um, even just hook to curls to the tight end. Those are allowed to option. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to be an MVP with all-star reels and 70-yard touchdown passes. That's not who he is. He just needs to be efficient and manage the ball in third downs to keep the drive going. That's it. So let him do that. Stop giving him these seven-step drops. Ah, grosses me out. If you could block it, that's great. We can't block anything. We allow the most quarterback hits in the NFL. Protect your damn quarterbacks. All right, number three. Point three of four. Dre Greenlaw gets the start this week at will, and he picks up right where he left off in the Super Bowl. Dre Greenlaw was great in the Super Bowl. He was great in the NFC Championship game. He was great in the NFC Playoff Divisional game. He won the game versus the Seahawks in seven, uh, Week 17 that got us the first round by the number one seed. Dre Greenlaw picks up where he left off. He played last week, didn't play great, um, you know, missed two games, came back, uh, played relatively well, but didn't get a lot of snaps. He's going to be out there every snap now. It's time for him to show and to never give up this job. Dre Greenlaw should be the will linebacker moving forward, period. Period, period. Give the coaches no question how great you are. We know Warner's going to ball out at Mike. He's the most consistent player on this defense, him and Eric Armstead. But Greenlaw versus the tight ends and helping out in slot coverage and the running backs out of the backfield is going to be so important. And guess what? Not a mobile quarterback this week. It's not. Jared Goff will roll out, but he is not mobile. Nobody's ever – he looks like a freaking giraffe physically and his play style. He's not getting – giraffes are actually kind of fast, so that, that might be a bad analogy. Uh, but he looks like him. Um, literally his neck is freaking really long, uh, but whatever. Dre Greenlaw is going to have to have a great game. So excited about this matchup. I, I, I love this kid. I'm the president of the fan club. Um, Dre Greenlaw balls out. And the fourth point, here's how the 49ers win. Kyle Shanahan has to outcoach Sean McVay. Now, what do I mean by that? 
You got to get a little more aggressive, man. <laughs> this vanilla play calling crap's got to go. Risks on third and fourth down, not first and second. Risks on third and fourth down, not first and second. What do I mean by risky? Go against your trends. Your You got to self-scout. You usually have one coach not in your booth that just self-scouts all of your games, your film. Hey, coach, do you know that you run the ball 75% of times on third and short? Hey, coach, do you know that you always go to play action pass after a turnover? That just They're scouting you and saying, hey, do you know you do these things? Every NFL team has a self-scout. Pay attention to what your tendencies are and change them this game. Change them. Stop getting behind in the chains. The 49ers are dead last in the NFL in average yards to go on third down. Eight and a half yards to go. Are you kidding me? Our average is third and eight and a half. That sucks. <laughs> and a lot of it is negative plays, whether that's from the offensive line, quarterback holding the ball too long, wide receivers not getting open, dropped passes, penalties. I don't care. I don't care. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. Smart. Be smart. Be smart. Um, SMRT. Come on, man. Let's get it. Now, the Vegas lines. Let's go to our bets of the week. I got two of them for you. 49ers are three and a half point overdogs, and the over under is at 51 and a half, which is a little tricky. I don't like it because the Rams don't give up a lot of points, the 49ers don't give up a lot of points. But I do think this is going to be a scoring occasion, and my prediction has the score breaking the over. But I'm not going to touch it this week just because, again, back to this idea, 49ers, you don't know what you're getting. So here's my teaser bet of the week, right? Y'all ready for this? I, I feel good about this one. Um, I put a considerable amount down on this, but I'm using a $10 uh, bet for you guys. Here's the teaser, two-team teaser this week with six and a half points. So you add that six and a half points to the spread that already exists. Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers in the teaser. So they're going to be 10 points. 49ers are getting 10 points against a division opponent at home. Yeah, they've sucked at home. But even if they fall behind, I think that they do cover 10-point spread. Gotta hope so. Um, so I'm taking the 49ers with 10 points over the Rams. And I'm taking the Eagles over the Ravens. And everybody's like, ooh, well, guess what? We're getting 16 and a half points for the Eagles. Well, the Eagles can lose by two touchdowns, and we still cover. The Ravens are coming off a very bad performance. They got the win, but they looked very, very inept. And I think that this is a matchup that will be very good, actually, for the Eagles team. I, I think that they match up relatively well. Um, they're getting back all their wide receivers, finally. And so I'm taking the 49ers and Eagles. You bet 10 to win 17. Um, again, that's a 6.5-point teaser on mybookie.com. Uh, use promo code 49ers. These guys are the best. They've supported our podcast forever. We love them. Uh, again, head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. They're going to double your initial deposit up to $1,000. And it's always more fun whenever you bet and win the game. Now, rollovers do apply, and you can talk to them about that. They have their number. It's a very, very easy system, um, and their customer service is A1. So easy to get. There's no long waits. You call. You talk to a human. They walk you through everything. Mybookie.ag. Now, here's my next bet, and this one I like a lot. Okay, What you do is you click on Props Builder, and you can make your own bets. You can make your own bets for every single game. Click on Props Builder. Click on the 49ers versus Rams game. Go down to the touchdown category, and you can see all the different odds for players to score a touchdown. I'm taking George Kittle gets at least one touchdown, and the odds are incredible. George Kittle always plays his best versus the Rams. Always. 
Uh, he broke the all-time receiving record for tight end against them. Um, even in games where we have lost to the Rams, he's gone ham on them. So I'm taking George Kittle for at least one touchdown. Listen to these odds. Bet 10, win 34 bucks. Good Lord. <laughs> George Kittle is going to get into the end zone. It is imperative. Even if the 49ers play bad, George Kittle's getting into the end zone. That's just all there is to it. They're missing a couple linebackers, even though I think one will play. George Kittle's going to score a touchdown. Now, here's my game predictions, baby. Here we go. And I feel good about this one. I wrote this on Tuesday, revised it on Wednesday, revised it a little bit on Thursday. Now here we are Saturday morning, and I feel good. I feel good. Things are going to start off so ugly for the 49ers. They're going to get a bad start. But they're going to have to claw their way out and find a way to make this game competitive. It's almost like a microcosm of the entire 2020 season. Start off bad. You fight your way back. It's a divisional opponent game. This is a pride game. This is a check game. Start off bad. It's going to be ugly. You're going to get a little bit of success right before the halftime, and then you're going to fight back in the third quarter, and you're going to make a game out of it in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo led the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks in 2019. That wasn't a mistake. Once he calms down, the 49ers will take the lead with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And get this, our defense is going to hold the Rams offense in the fourth quarter where they can't kick a field goal. They're going to try to get into field goal range. And they might even get the field goal attempt off, but it's going to be off. They're going to miss it. And I've got the 49ers winning this game. Call me a homer. I don't care. I got the 49ers winning 31-30. to 30 and getting their first divisional win, their first home win, <laughs> ending this uh, you know, terrible freaking game, uh, last two games against the Dolphins and the Eagles, get back in the win column, back to 500, and we can finally start talking about moving forward. You got to win this game. You don't, you don't talk must wins very often. But man, you cannot get out of this stretch of losing to the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Rams, and being 2-4, and four. You got you to step up. It's time. So I got the 49ers winning. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. We will be live Sunday night right after the game ends. Win, lose, or draw as always. So make sure you hit that notification bell um, so that you'll join us. Countdown crew, uh, we've got more giveaways coming soon. Really appreciate everybody. Just want to say thank you for all the support. And as always, stay strong faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. 
That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.